So the scripture reading today for Christmas Eve is from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. In those days, Caesar Augustus declared that everyone throughout the empire should be enrolled in the tax list. The first enrollment occurred when Quirinius governed Syria. Everyone went to their own cities to be enrolled. Since Joseph belonged to David's house and family line, he went up to the, from the city of Nazareth in Galilee to David's city called Bethlehem in Judea. He went to be enrolled together with Mary, who was promised to him in marriage and who was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for Mary to have her baby. She gave birth to her firstborn child, a son, wrapped him snugly and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the guest room. Nearby shepherds were living in the fields, guarding their sheep at night. The Lord's angels stood before them. The Lord's glory shone around them, and they were terrified. The angel said, do not be afraid. Look, I bring good news to you, wonderful, joyous news for all people. Your Savior is born today in David's city. He is Christ the Lord. This is a sign for you. You will find a newborn baby wrapped snugly and lying in a manger. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. One of the curious unanswered questions about Christmas is the fact that Joseph and Mary, they leave their home, they go a long way, they go 69 miles, and they go to Joseph's family. And yet Joseph's family doesn't welcome them. They, they go this long journey because, because Augustus Caesar wants to add some people to the tax rolls, and so they go to where their family is from. But none of the cousins are there saying, hey, welcome back, Joseph. Nice to see you. Oh, look at this. This is Mary. We've heard so much about That doesn't happen. Um, there isn't space for them there. Hospitality is a very important tradition in the, in the Near East, in many places of the world, and yet there was no hospitality for this young family. The hospitality they do receive comes from, from the beasts, from the animals who welcome them, who give them the space to lay the child down, the manger, which is a, you know, it's a word for a feed trough, which is not a clean space, but it is a space to set the child down. The animals welcome Jesus. They recognize who he is. The hospitality comes from, from shepherds in their fields, not, not the family, not the, the local rabbis or priests in the areas. Christmas is often presented in our own day as a central moment for families coming together. I love families coming together. My own family has been coming together. We welcomed my brother and his family down from Dallas last night. It's, it was cold. We could have said, no, there's no room, and put him out. <laughs> but we, we, let him, we let him go ahead and come in. They have a chihuahua that's about three pounds, maybe, on a good day. Almost killed him twice by stepping on him. But we welcomed them, welcomed them into our home. I love the opportunity to see relatives to hang out with my siblings, for my, my, my sons and their cousin to spend time together to talk about what's going on in the latest Minecraft update and important things like that. 
It's great, but our own practices of familiar celebration sometimes limit how we understand what God is doing with this miracle of Christmas. Because as much as anything else at Christmas, we see God expanding, expanding the definition of who is part of the family, of who is included in God's family. Jesus opens up the covenant of God, the promise of God to, to Abraham, the promise of God to Isaac and Jacob, to Moses, to all of the fathers of Israel, opens it up to all of us, to all of us. We are included. God is for us all. God is no longer just for some. It's no longer just a few that, God, that, are, that are set aside. It's, it's all of us have a chance to be a part of what God is doing, not because of our blood, not because of how awesome we are, though you're all, you're all pretty great, um, but by, by faith, by faith. Blood relations aren't super important in, in the Bible. Even Jesus isn't included in the, in the blood line of David. Though he's the, of the tribe of David, they, he's through his father, Joseph, who is not his biological father. He doesn't have the blood of Joseph, the blood of David, but the promise of David goes through the covenant, goes through the name. God made this covenant with, with Judah, with David, and it continues with Jesus, who is adopted into it. God expands the imagination of what is possible at Christmas so that new life, so that connection, community, family, mercy need no longer be limited by blood or by just tradition. Well, Jesus wasn't welcomed by his family. Again, it's, it's important. The family of David, who, where he was born in Bethlehem, weren't the ones welcoming him. It was, it was the animals. Joseph's extended family didn't light a bunch of cigars when the baby was born. Like, he's here, yay! That, wasn't, that didn't go on. They, they had a space to do, and the animals, they welcomed them. The angels that came, the main angel means messenger, the messenger of God, they didn't come to, to the, the wealthy people in town. They didn't go to the important people. They went to the shepherds outside in the fields. And not just the highfalutin day shepherds, not those good ones. It was the night shepherds. It was the shepherds who couldn't get the day shift that week, who were stuck with their sheep, who were out there. Maybe the sheep had just gone to sleep, and they were excited to have a little rest. And then the angel appears. And angels always in the Bible always say, don't be afraid. That's the first thing they always say. Don't be afraid which makes you realize that they're probably really scary if they have to always say, don't be afraid. In the word, they're like, ah, before an angel appears. And so that's the natural reaction to an angel. Ah! But they say, don't be afraid. And so I'm sure they woke up the sheep who were sleeping, and the sheep are like, bah, bah, bah. And the angel's like, oh my gosh, you know, our sheep woke up. We have more work to do. We're already on the night shift. And the angels appear. They say, don't be afraid. They say, don't be afraid. I've got some good news for you. And maybe the, the shepherds thought, this doesn't sound like good news. My sheep were asleep. I was feeling good. You appeared and freaked me out. But the angels persist. I've got good news for you. In the city of David, right over there, is born the Son of God. The promise of God fulfilled. You will recognize him. By a weird sign, he's wrapped in swaddling clothes. He's not wrapped in a special blanket that's been set aside. 
and torn up cloth he's wrapped and he's set in a feed trough. That's the sign of God's son among us. It's an amazing contradiction of images. Good news is here in the flesh in the most surprising of places in the most surprising of ways. It doesn't look like what we would think a king looks like, but that is how God enters for us. That is what the good news is. The good news is that we are not alone in human flesh, that loneliness, pain, hurt, addiction, sorrow, heartache are not triumphant because God is with us here in human flesh. God did not see us as pitiable in our own state, and God has seen us, all of us, at our worst moments, and God did not choose that and say, that person is not worth it, that race is not worth it, that humanity is not worth it, but entered the world, put on our flesh as a child in a desperate state, state, a child born in a town far from his home, born where his father should have relatives, but they don't welcome him, born in a stable, wrapped in torn cloth, set in a food trough, where, where the animals come to pay their respects, not the neighbors, where, where the night shepherds come and offer praise. Not the day ones, where, where magi from the east who aren't even Jewish come and bring gifts in honor of the ultimate gift. And even if all of Joseph's cousins had welcomed him, it would not be, have been enough. No one, could have offer, no one could offer gifts to Jesus equal to the gift he offers for us. But because Mary and Joseph are overlooked... And Jesus, at the time of his birth, was overlooked by the people of the area. Those of us who have felt overlooked at times are included in God's story, and all of us have at times felt overlooked and forgotten and dismissed and put in a corner. And all of us have something to offer. All of us have something to offer God, even if we don't even realize it. One of my favorite Christmas carols is by an English poet, Christina Rossetti. It's in the bleak midwinter. And with the word bleak in the title, you know it's not an uplifting tune. It ends with this powerful verse, What can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would give a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. But what I can, I give him. Give him my heart. You already have what Jesus seeks. You already have it. It is a, is a healed and forgiven heart. Jesus doesn't want a clean house or like a giant Amazon gift card or, or a new car with a bow on it that you don't tell your spouse about and you have a new car payment to deal with. Jesus doesn't want that. He wants you healed of sin. He offers it to you. His life, he gives it for you. So, so, so the transgression, so the sin, so the heartache, so the, the desolation in you need not be there forever. This is grace. God's greatest desire is your life made new. And so we are left humbly at this moment as a, as a response to grace. As a teacher of mine once said, this is the great mystery we celebrate each year at this time. Not the stable, not the, the manger, not the donkey, ox, or angels, nor 
Mary, nor Joseph, not even baby Jesus. But the kindness and love and generous love of the one who comes to save us, not because we are good, but because God is good. And Christmas, a special time of year, need not be the only time we see God because we are included in God's story through this day. No matter who we are or where we come from, And that can change our own story. That can change our own story. That can change our life. The direction our life was leading does not have to continue in that way. The pain and emptiness and sorrow that we may have been covering up does not need to continue. We can let that go. For unto us a child is born to us. God with us is offered to us right now. God is with you. You are not alone. You are included. You are adopted as a child of God, a child of the covenant. So in boldness, my brothers and sisters, take on that mantle this season. You are included. In Bethlehem, you were offered a space at the stable. You were offered a space at the stable to see a promise fulfilled. You may have to deal with some animals. You may have to deal with some smelly shepherds. But if you go, you will see God offered for you. You will be a part of a life restored and hope returned to the earth. That is the power of this day. That wherever we come from, however long our journey, however long our journey in this life, Christ has offered this day for you. God is here. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you hold us close even when we feel far away. At Christmas, you come to us. We have come to worship you. May we leave this night seeking you more, knowing that you have made a place for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.